Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, anywhere you hear me from all over the world. Welcome back to Let's Just Talk. It's your host again, Victoria. But with me today, I have a very beautiful lady who is going to be talking to us about mental health again this week. But this time, she's going to be talking about bullying and harassment. But before I move on, I will let her introduce herself. You got the floor, ma'am. Hi, you guys. Um, I'm Diamond. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an influencer. I'm also a therapist. Okay. Um, all right. So... We're going to be talking about bullying and harassment, the effect it's had on people, it's currently having on people, and also the effects it's having on our society. Because lately, um, what really brought up this topic was a, uh, one of my nieces came back from school one day and was crying because yeah. she was bullied from school. Yeah. And it's just weird that these days we still have kids who are not well trained by their parents and are still bullies baby it's the society that we live in nowadays like now kids are getting bullied at school even if they reach out to a principal a school counselor a teacher their parent even comes up there and talk to the principal about their child being bullied the school system does not do anything because they're afraid of lawsuits they're afraid that other parents might come and attack them so i think the system is really failing us for real Especially it is, it is, it is for real. And well, before we get deep into it, can you please introduce yourself again and share your background and expertise um, as that dealing with bullying and harassment? Okay, so I work for the biggest uh, mental health company out here in Houston, te Texas, and I have right now I have fifteen clients, and some of them is dealing with bullying, and that right there causes two different things. Right. I deal with children, so it causes one group of kids will either fight at school because they're being bullied. They won't, you know, they, they're going to stand their ground, so they're going right. to fight. And then the other half of my kids, they want to commit suicide. They're depressed. They're overeating, staying inside, don't really have friends or scared to meet people. But after COVID, I learned that the, the age group that I have, when they were in COVID, they were like eight. So their social anxiety is really high. They right. really don't know how to socialize or communicate with people. A lot of things of that sort is going on in the community right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You are totally right. And I mean, it's glad, it's good that we have like an actual professional who is dealing with it talk about it because me as a person, I only know a little bit about bullying. I only know a little bit about the cusses, but. Having you as a professional is going like, to go really in-depth and people out there are really going to understand what it means and the curses. And maybe this is going to stop them from being bullies because we really need them to stop being bullies because it's not even, it's not fun. It's not fun at all, at all. That's true. Yep, it ain't fun. So I'm moving on. So as a therapist, what are some common emotional and psychological effects experienced by individuals who are victim of bullying and harassment? Um, okay, so social anxiety, communication, lack of communication skills. Sometimes they can be um, aggressive um, right. in different type of ways. Uh, some kids, they actually get bullied and they're quiet at school and then they'll come home and try to like pick on their parents, 
pick on right. siblings or it trickles down to, okay, I can't bully the people at my school, but I can bully people younger than me. So then the bully becomes a bullier just because of the trickling effect. So those are right. just some, some of the signs that a child might be getting bullied. Right. Okay. So are there signs and symptoms that uh, someone who is being bullied or harassed, like my ex like what are those signs or red flag we should look out for? And this is a question for parents, siblings, and families out there who a member of their family is being bullied and they just cannot, they don't know what's going on because they can't pick on the signs. So are there like certain signs to look out for, for kids or people who are being bullied or harassed? Yes, for sure. So if your child has been doing good in elementary school grades wise and they get to middle school and now they don't care about school, they say they quote, quote unquote, they say they don't care about school. They say they don't want to attend school. Um, if they mention that they're being bullied, you see their behaviors is changing in any type of way. You guys need to figure out what is going on. Even when it teachers actually bully students also. So it's not just yeah. a child that can bully a, a, a child. It, teachers also bully. So if your child is always getting in trouble in a certain classroom, has a horrible grade in this classroom, but all the rest of her grades is good, that right there shows that you need to communicate with that teacher, see what's going on, and even communicate with your child before you communicate with the teacher so that your child knows that you have their backs. Not right. you're just going to automatically take the teacher's side, um, right. any adult side, no matter if it's a principal, counselor, it doesn't matter. You should have your child's side before any adult because you should be listening to what your child is saying being is being done to them. But right. grades, lack of grades, um, their attendance going down, pretty much not attending school, um, any type of switch of behaviors at home, if they're getting snappy with you. Yes, when they get a, when kids get a little bit older, they get a little attitude, but if you see right. that it's becoming blatant disrespect, something is going on. Something, no matter if it's like maybe hanging around a bad friend group or if they're being bullied, something is going on. That's when you have right. to like really communicate with your child. Right. Okay, so because, um, was it two weeks ago? We had a topic about rape. And I feel one way or another, harassment is a part of rape. Or rape is a part of harassment, one way or the other. They're yeah. kind of into it. So are there some signs we should look out for for victims who are going through sexual harassment, physical harassment, emotional harassment, and stuff like that? So usually in children, just to all the parents out there, just so you know, if you have a child, especially within the ages of like seven, eight, nine and up, if your child has been potty trained since three years old and now your child is wetting the bed, they are going through some type of anxiety. They are facing something. Most, the biggest signs of any type of sexually harassment any type of sexual aggression being towards your child, like children-wise, I, I, like as adults, you know, as adults, we deal with things a little bit different, but as a child, they don't know if they can tell you or not tell you, they're kind of afraid. Right. But usually the biggest sign is bedwetting. That is one of the biggest signs that parents can use to identify if something is going on with your child. Right, bedwetting. right. Okay, so um, in your experience as a therapist, are there a certain therapy, therapeutic techniques that um that um how am i gonna put it for individuals recovering from bullying and harassment like when they yeah. go through it we know they have self low self-esteem they become 
they, they, they shy away from a lot of things that they usually do and all of that. Uh, there's some approach that they, that, that has been effective in your, in your, your time of work and everything for yeah, victims. When I find out, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's but fine. Usually when I find out a child is being bullied in some type of way, usually they don't come out and tell the therapist right away that they're being bullied. Um, the parents usually kind of have a briefing with us before we meet with the child, and that's kind of how we know what's kind of going on. Um, even right. sometimes parents don't even know, and the kids will get comfortable with me, and then from there they will let me know, like, hey, this girl was talking mess about me, this girl wants to fight me in school. Like, stuff, certain stuff is going on. And so me personally, where I always start is within themselves. I'm very big on self-love. I'm very big on self-investment. I'm very big on it starts with you. Because right. at the end of the day, if someone looks at you and say, oh, you're a four eyes. If they call me four eyes, it would never hurt my feelings because my self-confidence is so high. I love myself so much. I value myself so much. And so usually where I start with my kids is I make them write down at least three to five things that they do not like about themselves. And then from right. there, I have them write down the total opposite. The paper that has the negative things about them, we rip it up, we set it on fire, we bury it, we drown it. However they want to destroy those negative thoughts about themselves, we do it that way with parents' permission for sure. And then on the other side, their self-affirmations will be now the opposites of what they thought negative of themselves. That right there, um, self-affirmations, making them do it in the morning and night, meditating, pretty much telling themselves anything positive, just saying positive words to yourself in the morning and night. I have my kids do that. Journaling, that is a big way to learn how to express yourself and build that communication skills. And once those little things, and you kind of got a little confidence, you're starting to feel yourself, you're loosening up with me, you're, you're showing who you really are before these people try to come and attack you and steal your joy. Once right. I start seeing that, then we get to a point where we don't care about people's opinions. And that's exactly what I tell my kids. We don't care what they think about you. We don't care what they're saying about you. There is so many people in your school that you could mingle with. We learn how to, well, because like I said, they're dealing with the COVID relapse. So um, they're learning how to start conversations and build friendships and also start new friendships. A lot of kids do not know how to talk to each other. They don't know how to right. just walk up to someone and just say, hey, how are you doing? I like your shoes, I like your shirt. Maybe right. we should sit together for lunch. They don't know how to do simple things like that because it, they wasn't raised on that. They was raised during the computer times. So right. it's something that is a little difficult, especially if you've been bullied before, you don't know if they're gonna make fun of you. It's kind of gives you a little anxious vibes. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, um, I always try to like, one of their tasks, after they build their self-confidence to a certain level, their task is always just to greet someone in the hallway. Right. Just before the end of this week, I need you to at least say, hi, how are you doing to someone in the hallway that you have never met before? And then from there, you can walk up to somebody and try to start a conversation, which I always tell them it's best to start conversations by uh, complimenting them. Hi, how are you doing? I like your hair. Right. And then from there, like, oh, thank you. Who did it? And then from there, you know, just keep building common interests. It's, it doesn't mean that you have to really be interested in their hair at that moment, but you know that you watch anybody that has been bullied that is quiet, standoffish, you watch the people around you. You watch the people around you all the time. So you know who you would want to be your friend. They're just right. not your friend yet. So knowing who you want to be your friend, you can choose like, okay, I want that girl to be my friend. And I see that she got nice shoes. 
So I'm right. gonna go talk about her shoes. I'm gonna go talk about her hair. I'm gonna ask her about the homework assignment. I'm gonna see if she understood it. Even if you want to downplay yourself and try to say that you didn't understand it and you really did, it's just building that communication. And then from right. doing that daily with that same person, that's what builds friendships. Right. Okay. So, so I have. Right. So I have a very funny question that I want to ask because okay. I've heard people say, well, therapy don't work. <laughs> therapy is just, it's just talking. It don't work. It is. Oh, well, I'm not going to say therapy don't work. It is just talking. I cannot beat your child and tell your child to stop fighting in school. I can't, right. I can't do it. All I can do is give my advice, give my opinion. They tell me a story on what happened, and I give them my opinion. I give them sources on how to handle it, and I give them skills to learn how to control their behaviors. So right. when it, well, that's on um, that's on fighting. But therapy, I tell my parents when I meet them, I label all of my families a ninety percent, a seventy-five percent, a fifty percent, and a twenty-five percent, and those are based off of them. It has nothing to do with therapy. My my 25% is a child that doesn't really want to change and his parents is not involved in his growth. It's right. going to be very hard for that child to reach 100 because he barely wants to change and his parents is not willing to change. That 50%. Right. That 50% is either the parent wants to change or the child wants to change. One of them wants some type of change because everyone wants change, but are you willing to also put in the work? Because the kids also goes to therapy, but you as a parent, you're also in it too. Right. They saying that you're saying they're being disrespectful and they're saying that you don't listen to them. It sounds like you have listening problems and they have communication problems. So that means you need to also listen to them when they speak same as they listen to you when you you speak. Giving right. the same base respect. And a lot of parents is just like, oh no, I'm the parent, I do what I want. Those type of people, you you are on that fifty percent. Your child might not uh, graduate from this program because you're not willing to also change and lower your tone when you talk to them. Little things like that can affect right. the growth of the child. And then my pretty much my 75, my 90% is a child actually wanted to change, but the family is not wanting to change. If the child for sure says, I want to do better, but her parents is not changed, that's the 75% because we can teach that child how to cope with you because the parent won't change. We can teach them how to cope with that. But they they'll be able to graduate. To, they'll be able to graduate. That ninety percent is when that child's involved and the parents involved. The parent is attending all of their sections. They're asking me what my child is going through. What is my child working on and actually implementing it in their everyday life when I'm not around? Because I'm only here for an hour. I'm only here right. for an hour. So that right. means that ninety percent is when both people want to change. And so it does work. It just depends on what level you are on as a parent and what level your child is on. Right. Okay. So do you think as a therapist, or do I say now let's kind of snap out of you being a therapist. Do you think therapy helps build res uh, resilience and uh, self-confidence back after a very traumatic experience from bullying, rape, harassment, abuse and stuff like that do you think it actually builds resilience and self-confidence i do i personally do um i personally do think it does help because what people don't get is that you need to talk to somebody you've been through any traumatic situation you need to talk to somebody and sometimes 
even though your mom could be there hand and foot ready to listen to your story ready to help you through this journey but you cannot tell your mom what that person did to you you know right. you can't tell your mom how you felt or even if it's a boy because boys get sexually harassed also i'll get harassed yeah too. so a man is not going to be able to tell his wife i've been through this or tell his mom as a child i'm going through this because a lot of people look as boys and men that they're not supposed to really have these emotions is not supposed to affect them so it's really hard for them to be able to express themselves but at the end of the day in order to heal that's anybody any situation you literally have to talk to somebody you have to get it off your chest from getting it off your chest from there you can start owning it was not my fault once you start owning it was not my fault you're really you're really ready to heal but you right. have to talk to somebody. And some people just cannot talk to their family. Some people cannot talk to their parents. Even if you do talk to your parents, it only can do so much because your parents only have so much knowledge when it comes to this situation. Right. So it's, it's good to have, I, I, have, I, see, I have my own therapist. <laughs> it's good to have a therapist for sure. Just to be right. able to talk to somebody, get some stuff off your chest that you're not able to tell your friends or your family members. Yeah, yeah. So how do you think therapy can help uh, individuals uh, build their self-confidence and also help them maintain and build healthy relationships? Because after their... Um, experiences from all this and i'm not just talking sexual relationship now i'm talking professional relationship personal mm -hmm. relationship uh family uh romantic relationship yeah. all kind of relationship at all do, how do you think therapy help this set of people build their healthy relationship because after those experience i tell you no kind of relationship is always healthy because they always think well this person is coming for my neck well, this yeah. person is trying to hurt me. Okay, maybe this person is going to look down on me. Maybe this person is going to say I'm I'm not all that. I don't know what I'm doing. So how do therapy help them build this um, um, healthy relationship with themselves and with other people? Yeah, that's where you pretty much have to start is yourself. It's literally yourself. Once you tell your therapist, like, I have a problem loving somebody. I have a problem trusting people. And then you tell them that you have to say your behind story. You have to get that off your chest. I'm telling y'all now, a lot of people be like, I'm going to just do my, I, I see on TikTok and Instagram, I should just do a self-affirmation, tell myself I'm a bad bee in the mirror and tell me my butt, butt is fat and I'm going to be okay and I'm going to start loving myself. No, it's way more than that. You need to start working out. You need to start eating healthy. You need to start valuing yourself and what you put on your body, what you put in your body. It goes way deeper than just talking to somebody. Because what we're going to tell you is you need to start going for a walk and talk to yourself. Sometimes you really need to be by uh, alone to yourself to really get some stuff off your chest. But telling somebody the story behind why you don't trust and why you can't love right, that right there will just be the therapist part. But when your therapist starts saying, do your self-affirmation, start meditating, start working out, um, right. um, start hanging out with friends, you know, slowly opening yourself. And once you like get to a, a certain point, once you get to a certain point, no one's gonna be able to hurt you. No one's gonna be able to make you feel bad. And you're gonna be able to open up to people because you don't care what people think about you. You love right. yourself for who you are, flaws and all, you love you. And that's right. where everything needs to start. These people need to start loving themselves. Don't look for somebody else to love you while you're not even healed yourself because it's not going to end nothing. It's just literally going to crash and burn. But if you right. love yourself first and then go find somebody to love, that right there is going to, y'all might be able to stay together. Who knows? Maybe he got some traumas that he needs to work through too. But it will be a better chance if you heal yourself first. And that's right. why that self-healing is so serious. Right. Okay, so...
this is a question for people who can't really afford therapy because there was a time where in my life I not personally I had to put somebody in therapy mm-hmm. for um not for abuse but for so like for like a bad habit that they had and they wanted to like uh stop but they couldn't afford it so I had to kind of like not inconvenient myself but I had to cover it up so like for the people who can't really afford therapy what do you think they can do because I tell you now these therapists um y'all therapists be charging they do but you know most most of them the base pay is just a hundred dollars an hour it might be a hundred and five an hour but the base pay is usually a hundred dollars an hour um and that's what I would say look because I feel like worldwide, our base pay is literally $100 an hour. And yes, $100 an hour, and you trying to do four sessions in one month, right. that's 400 extra dollars on your thing. But this is what I'm going to say to you. The same way y'all going to them clubs and buying them bottles, <laughs> the same way y'all went, um, it's, look, it's almost 8 o'clock, the, the liquor store would close at 9. The same way y'all go to that liquor store and y'all spend $64 on a bottle, the same way y'all spend three hundred dollars on them shoes. The same way y'all y'all spending money on your drip. Y'all need to invest in yourself. No matter you need to throw True. twenty dollars in your savings every single couple of days in order to make that hundred, so you can attend that therapy session. It's just really I feel like, well, but we're in a recession right now too, so a lot of people barely even doing that now. But right. You can get it through your insurance. If you have insurance, try to go through your insurance. If you don't have insurance, the only thing I can really say is, like, they do have websites that do free uh, therapy sessions. I think it's, like, 30 minutes to an hour. Um, You could try those apps. They have apps and they have websites that do it. But if you want your particular person that you can see in person instead of seeing through Zoom, for sure, I would say invest in yourself. A lot of people like to throw their money and all kinds of other stuff, but when it comes to your own mental health, you're lacking. And that's exactly why it's going to be hard to find somebody. It's going to be hard to deal with the traumas. And that's why a lot of people is going through these bad <laughs> these bad lifestyles right. in a way right. because they're not really investing in themselves. They need to cut all this social media stuff out and they need to focus on the bigger picture, which is you. Right. And this time I'm not even asking for the people who have it and not, and not willing to put it in themselves because I mean no disrespect but I don't care about those set of people I care about yeah. the people out there in the street who don't have Struggling. it but the ones yeah. that, like you mean homeless people or what do you mean I mean not really homeless there are people who have roofs over their head but, but they're like, really really struggling they, they just rich. cannot take they cannot take out that hundred dollars from their pocket because they got bills they got kids they got this. yes but they you got, know what this is what I'm going to tell you just this is this is a little um, a hint to any parent. If you put your child, most okay, most mental health places they take children because we take child insurance, and your child has to be insured. Um, yeah, every child has to have insurance. Period. Right. They got the free insurance. That insurance literally is covered through most of the uh, therapy places. They it, so it will just literally go on your insurance. But the thing is, when you when you get you enroll your child into whatever uh, therapy sessions. Also, be there, be present, start telling your story, start talking to them about you. Because even though you're not getting a real session, 
they're going to be able to talk to you. They're going to be able to hear you. They're going to be able to understand you. And they're going to be able to tell you how you need to make certain changes in order to fix the relationship with your child. But in the meantime, it's also fixing you. So right. I would say do it that direction. If you just really, really just don't have it, but you got that free insurance for your child, put your child inside of a, um, a mental health uh, therapy sessions. They have all kinds of uh, wraparound programs, yes waiver programs. They got all kinds of programs that your child can be involved in. And also during that time, make sure you speak your truth too. My child is driving me nuts, but sometimes I feel like it's due to my past of me dealing with this. And then they're going to be like, okay, well, you know what? You could start working on this. And then your child, it, it, it's about, it's especially if people actually do their job. Let me just say that. Because me, I'm the type, I attack the whole, everybody that live in that household going to hear me. Everybody going to talk to me. Everybody going to hear what my thoughts is. They told right. me you was yelling at them. So how are you going to yell at them then expect them not to have an attitude and smack their lips? I'm going to come very direct. Like, I'm a very laid back. I'm, I'm a laid back therapist. Like, I was real laid back with it. And I right. like my families a lot. My family's like me. But... Hopefully you get someone, someone like me, who's going to also talk to you and also talk to your child instead of just coming in trying to talk to your child for an hour and hear it and get out. Like you need someone who's going to come in and talk to you and your child and make sure the household as a whole is improving. Right. That's one way to kind of loop through it. But other than that, they have free therapy on apps and websites. I don't know how good they are. I could probably do some research on it, but yeah, I don't know how good they are. Yeah, can you give a, a few list of the free apps that run therapy just for the people out there who really do need it and they can just not spare that money or they don't have kids and they themselves need therapy, but they just cannot spare it? We can put it in your description. Let me do my research before I just say some random stuff on here and then I'm like, oh, Diamond told me this. And right. Not, yeah, <laughs> let me do my research and I'm for sure uh, we can link it below. For okay. Sure. All right. Because I have seen a couple, and we also talked about a couple at my firm too. So right. um, I'll make sure that it's good, like, you know, at least well enough that right. I would actually put my name on it and say, yes, do this. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> right. I know what you mean. Yeah. And for the people who can afford therapy, um, because there might be some people who's going to reach out to want to have sections with you personally if yeah. they enjoy how you talk and they feel like they can connect with you or their kids can connect with you are you open to having therapy sections with people out there if they reach out um i am open to it i'm gonna say i am open to it but yeah i'm open to it i mainly just deal with children okay um i if i did an adult just because i'm not qualified for an adult um, we can make it more of life coaching type right. of thing, which life coaching is um, pretty much a free will type of therapy. It's kind of like therapy, but they don't have no title. And right. so with an adult, I could probably life coach you, but with a child, I can actually be involved. Okay. Especially in the okay. Area. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, um, for victims and individuals that are involved in harassment and bullying are there resources or books that you think they can read that can calm them sure. down or snap them back to reality let them realize what they're going through is not it's not the end of the world it's just a phase in their life where um they will get better with yes so they have books on aggression replacement if your child is being bullied and your child is fighting you should go look up books for aggression replacement. 
if your child is being bullied and they, you know, they want to take the second round, they, you know, they closing off, they kind of depressed, they ready to commit suicide or harm themselves in any type of way. Um, they have coping skills. It's called coping skills. Pretty much you can say how to cope with being bullied. You can look that up online and it will help parents kind of know what they need to get their child involved in in order to help. Um, what else do they have? They have trigger controls. They got trigger control books where you can see what, find out what triggers your child. And then from there, that coping book that I mentioned before, start looking on there like, okay, how can we use uh, the coping book to cope with his triggers? So if his triggers is people laughing, even if they're not laughing at him, they're laughing around him to the point where he feels like he's being laughed at. He could uh, use squeezing a squishy toy as a trigger, um, a coping, a coping mechanism, a coping skill, pretty much. Um, he could use reading a book as a coping skills, breathing in and out and counting to 10. That is a coping skill. Uh, we do this finger tapping, which is pretty much you do your own little pattern. And when you um, make it to like five or 10 with whatever pattern, you can do this two times, one time, whatever. Make your own little pattern with your little finger tapping. Count to five, count to 10. If you mess up before you get to your five, start over. That right there is gonna distract the child from feeling anxious and feeling anxiety at that moment because somebody else is laughing around him. They're not even really laughing at him. They're just gonna right. be, able to be able to help him gain control of his emotions because it's just a triggering effect. It's not like something's really going on. It's just like um, past traumas, let's say like right. that. Yeah. Right. Okay, so we're going to kind of swive away from my questions. Now I'm going to let you talk because I know I mean as a therapist, y'all do the talking. And I know <laughs> I know you have a lot that you want to tell the people out there and you want to explain to them. So I'm going to let you do the talking. Yes. So you got Okay, so what I'm mainly going to just try to touch base on just because I want parents to be able to be protected in these type of situations. Um, if your child ever comes to you and say that they're being bullied, there is a thing called the, the ladder effect. Um, it's pretty much your child, if you are the first touch base, your child didn't tell the teacher, she didn't tell the counselor, she didn't tell the principal, she didn't tell the board of directors, she just told you, mom, they are picking on me at school. Um, it's really affecting me. I don't want to go to this school anymore. I hate it. It's making me depressed. Um, I, I'm sad all the time. I, you know, I cry in class. This is going on. You as a parent, I understand that y'all work. I get it. Like with the recession going on, you cannot miss no, no hours. But your child should always come before your job, period. At the end of the right. day, you anything happen to you, they're going to replace you. But your child, oh, fast. you are the first foundation that they have, you are their protector. You are supposed to be there for them. So as a parent, um, I have seen multiple videos of parents pretty much come to the school and stand at their ground with the teachers and the principals because their child was either fighting or, you know, talked back or did something like that. You need to talk to your child and make sure you know what is going on with your child. Once you figure out what is going on with your child, believe your child. If your child has a problem with lying, maybe, maybe try to still believe your child, but listen to multiple sides of the story and then you can put your two and two together as a parent you know your child so that being said just make sure you hear your child out from there take some time off go to the school talk to the principal and from the principal have your child talk to the counselor and let your child know when these things happen because there should be teachers in the halls during passing periods during lunchtime there is teachers around tell your child to tell 
I understand that this generation that we're in, especially if they are in a rough area of school, snitches get stitches, whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, y'all, your child has to tell somebody. If your child does not tell somebody, and later on something happens with your child, something happens at the school, they're gonna be like, well, did your son tell somebody? Did your son tell? Your child should know. I told Miss Johnson that Johnny right. was hitting me in my head. So we got first name basis. Miss Johnson is who he talked to, and John Johnny uh, James is the one who smacked my child in the head. Right. You as a parent, you need to start. It's it's okay to be respectful, but it, you need to also stand your ground because these teachers are going to try to sweep it under the rug. Oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, we're going to talk to Johnny's parents. Oh, we're going to put. They did this thing with one of my clients. It was a restraining order, but it wasn't a real order. It was just based off on the school. It's pretty much. Um, a policy where the kids cannot be close close to each other, but they still was getting close to each other. So it didn't do it didn't y'all had this whole little policy y'all put in place for these two kids, but y'all didn't make sure that it was actually being put to a and right. And that right there is when the parent needs to come back in. Y'all need to be on their heads and toes when it comes to your child being bullied. Like you really do because some kids they'll fight. And if y'all if you are okay with your kids fighting, let them do their big one. Do your big one. They're gonna learn to stop messing with you let them do them but if you are the parent that do not want your child being aggressive um you want your child to do right you got to be an active parent if you right. have a child that is quiet cut off and now they get to a point where they're self-harming and they saying they don't want to live no more they're saying little things like that you have to make sure you get those type of kids into some type of therapy right. because from there we we as therapists can go up to the school and we can let them know policies like this is the policy your school has to follow. If your school do not follow it, then it goes to the board of directors. Right. Once you go to the board of directors, you need to make sure you have names, you have dates. And this is something your kid can write in a notebook. This is something you can also write in your notebook when your child comes and talks to you. You need to have dates. You need to have times. You need to have names. And when you go to that board of directors, most of them does it. They do it, I want to say, once a week or at least two times a month they have meetups where you can mm -hmm. sign up to go talk to the boards and they will handle the situation same as with the kids a lot of people like i said the teachers do not like to get involved because now people get lawyers involved right get a lawyer involved. Mm -hmm. that person is harassing your child that person is bullying your child that is uh literally that's a crime that is a hate crime so pretty much, yeah, you can sue them. You can sue the school. You can sue that parent. You can press charges on that parent because that parent needs to take control of their child. Right. And that's something that you could also, you don't have to do it, but you could also threaten it. You could say, okay, this person bullies my child again on this campus and y'all do nothing about it. There will be problems. And then from there, you can sit there and get the police involved. My child is being bullied. This is a hate crime for them being fat, body shaming, uh, for their race. All right. Those are hate crimes. Right. And yes, you can do those on children. So it just depends on how far you want to go with it. But as a parent, you are, like I said, you are their protector. Right. So be involved. Be active. Yeah. Okay. So what about, um, like, because I'm watching this show, Never Have I Ever. It's not so much about bullying, but... Um, there are scenes where the uh, the um, there are students that are bullying another student, or they're making her feel bad, or they're doing something to her and making her look stupid. And when she goes to the principal, the principal don't 
they're like, oh, yeah, we're her. It's problem. Uh, they believe the other party, and they're like, you, I know you lying. You're just trying to create a scene and a problem. What do you think parents should do? And what should the principal and counselor do better? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that I feel like that's discrimination of some kind because the child is smarter or they know what they want from what they don't, and they see that as a problem or as a threat. So what should the parent do in situations like that? And Stand what should and get the get the board the boards involved because at the end of the day principals yeah they run the school but they're hired by somebody they don't right. own that school the board owns that school the board is who put the policies and things like that in the school so that's something that you can also do look up the policy of your schools of your school district look up the policies what are they supposed to do with bullies bullies are supposed to get suspended some schools do not suspend children but that's something that you can also talk but when you're in that when your child goes to the office and they're like, oh, something like this happened and the principal don't believe them and your child comes back and talks to you about it, it's, it sounds like you need to set up a meeting with the principal and you need to stand by your child's side. This is what my child is doing and I don't think my child is a liar. So you, as a parent, you should already have some type of thing. What are y'all, or you can even just ask, even if you don't have it in your, on, like, on the top of your brain, what they could do next time. You need to ask them. So how are you going to handle this situation next time? Right. Because I would like for, or you can even say, I would like for you to call me. If my child gets called into the office, I would like a phone call. Right. Just be present as a parent because these teachers, this new generation of teachers, they is not like the old teachers we grew up with at all. Like how we had old Miss Johnson and Miss Johnson stood her ground. Now we have young Keisha in the class who will literally belittle the, the students as like she's the same peer age as them. I have had one of my clients tell me, that um, I guess they made some type of TikTok about the teacher because she gets on their nerves or whatever the case may be. But her as a teacher, she should have took that to the principal. She should have disciplined them correctly. But instead, she wanted to argue with the child and said, well, I bet your daddy like my saggy titties. What teacher should be saying that to a child? <laughs> this new generation is really something oh. different. And we're hiring too many young teachers that wants to go back and forth with a child. No, that's not your job as a teacher. Your job, job as a teacher, and I know they're not paying y'all a lot. They don't have a lot of resources in these schools. I was a school counselor for a while, and it was, it was horrible. When I say horrible, I mean I knew second graders, third graders, fourth graders that could not read, and they were just moving these childs up in grades, and they were just passing these kids along, and these kids couldn't even read, barely even speak English. I worked at a more of a um, normally uh like mexican school so them kids could not speak english they couldn't read they was having trouble with their homework on the top of that they having troubles at home and that's why we got them involved in our program um for the school but it's just like y'all gotta take that into consideration just as teachers y'all need to be handling them a little bit more with care you see a child's coming in their hair's not done their clothes is always dirty something's going on in that household and you as a teacher is your job is your duty to report things like that so that people like me can come in. When I used to be a case manager, um, I used to do case management. When I used to be a case manager, we would have to come talk to those child, children, what's going on at home, you know? And those are people that you should get involved. I'm not saying you need to call CPS on them, but you need to call somebody and figure out what is going on in this household that's making this child um, sleeping in class and little stuff like that. That's what your job is in the future. Yeah. So do you think the school counselor do their job? Like, do you think they actually do their job? 
Nah, not really. I'm not gonna, I, I say that all the time because when I came into this school and I was really making a difference, um, the, all the teachers liked me, all the students liked me because I, I came in and I made an impact. Right. But at the end of the day, my impact was a little bit too strong to the point where the principal felt intimidated because when things happened with these children, I would get parents involved and they really didn't want parents involved. They didn't want too much drama in the school, but parents need to be involved. Parents should know what their child is doing daily. They should know if their child is being bullied. They should know if their child knows how to read. They should know there's resources that they can use. Like that's right. what a counselor is supposed to do. You are supposed to be giving out resources. You're supposed to be seeing why is this kid missing 10 days of school and we only been in school for two months. Those are things that you need to figure out as a teacher. And I would pull kids in my class and be like, hey, why wasn't you in school yesterday? Oh, I didn't have any clean clothes. Oh, okay, well, did you, what happened with your washing dryer at home? Oh, well, we had to go to the laundromat, so I had to miss the whole day. So now I have an understanding. Your, your mom's probably kind of struggling a little bit with you. Some kids would say, oh, my parents just smoke weed and they, they don't want to be, be a rapper. Kids tell everything. Kids be telling the business. I'm telling you, they do. And so that being said, it's like, when you know what's kind of going on in the household, you will kind of know how to deal with these kids. Right. And you as a teacher, you should want to know what's going on so you know how to deal with these children instead of just viewing them as, oh, Johnny's just bad. He's just a bad kid. No, he's not a bad kid. He probably come from a bad background. He probably need a little bit more um, people to be sensitive with him rather than to show his aggression with aggression. You do not fight aggression right. with aggression and ever. Even if you're a parent, don't right. fight your aggressive child with aggression. It's not going to go well. You might as well just cover them with love, cover them with comfort. That right there will kind of lower that down where they'll be able to actually communicate with you. Right, right. And I feel like the kids that are bullies, I feel is one way or another connected back to their parents. Because if a child is bullying another child outside and you check their family, it's either the father is bullying the mom, hitting the mom, or... The child hear their parents talk about, oh, you see that person? I'm going to knock them out. Stuff like yeah. that. They have in their head and they're looking at you in school like, I'm going to knock you out like my mama said. Because I'm not yeah. a, I hear parents say, oh, if that person get on your, on your nerves, knock them out. Yeah. And when I hear it, I look at them like, and is that something good you should be telling your child to do? Like, oh. knock that child out. What if that child passes out? Like, what exactly. if that child get have a concussion? Like, what if that child just falls and break their head or break their hip or something bullying, like? Bullying, harassment, um, any type of aggressive aggressive behavior is taught. It don't matter if it's taught by their peers. It doesn't matter right. if it's taught by their parents. It can be taught by their grandparents. It could be. It could even be taught by the TV shows they watch. The yep. YouTube videos, y'all be letting y'all kids just spend all day on YouTube. I had a client with autism. Um, he literally cussed so much. And his parents was like, we do not cuss. So I don't know why he cusses so much, but we're trying to get this under control. And we don't know how. And guess what? We wind up finding out his YouTube videos cuss. They cuss a lot. He was watching little adult puppets talking smack to each other. And he thought that was funny. So he was repeating the behavior because kids are sponges. So right. you as a that's why I say you have to be an active parent. It's all about being an active parent. I know it's very hard. I was raised by a single mother with six brothers and sisters. So my mom was an active parent regardless. Y'all have to be active parents. 
So yeah. that being said, you should know what your child's watching on YouTube. You should know to block certain type of channels from your child's YouTube cha um, page or whatever the case. You just got to monitor them because they are sponges. Yeah. <laughs> they are sponges. Yeah, you're right. So what is one piece of advice you would tell, you would give to somebody who is being bullied? And also a piece of advice you would give to somebody who is bullying somebody. Because as much as we want to walk with these people who are being bullied, the people who are bullying these people as well need help. Because at the end of the day, if they don't stop or if they're not, if they don't reduce it or if they don't, they're not being monitored, that's how we... We get people who are hurting people and everything just because they were bullies when they were young. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, I was actually a bully in middle school. Um, I kind of was a cool kid. I was a cheerleader, so I felt like I could make fun of people. I felt like I could tell girls, like, you know, she's not cool. She can't hang out with us. Like, little things like that. And... Um, a lot of people don't won't have the same experience on me, so I always use my own experience when I talk to my kids. Even the ones that are bullied, I tell them all the time, like, I bullied somebody in middle school, and I wound up moving away and went to a whole different school for high school, which was not where I met my friends from elementary school to middle school. So I was with a whole different group of people that I did not know. Um, I wound up going to college. And when I be, when I joined, like when I went to college, I just became the board of organizations. I was joining all kinds of different programs. I was with NAACP, BSA, all kinds of different stuff, and that I was involved in, and I was a leader. And so my personality changed over the years. But I wound up having a group assignment. I wound up having a group assignment, and one of the persons I had a group assignment with, she was friends with one of the dudes that went to my middle school. And he wound up sitting with us in the library. And I was like, oh my God, we went to middle school together. And me, I'm, you know, I'm just happy. I'm, you know, I changed. So my communication skills is good. I'm like nicer, things and stuff like that. But I was like, yeah, we went to middle school together. And he was like, yes, Diamond was a B in middle school. He was like, she was literally a bully. She was a B. She would like make fun of people. He literally said so much negative stuff about me, but he wasn't like attacking me. He was describing my personality in middle school. And so when when he said that in front of people that I'm higher up on, on the board of organizations and stuff like that, it was embarrassing. And so my advice is literally think about what you're doing. The people that you are bullying right now might be the owner of a business that you want to work with. They might be the owner of a business of, that you want to invest in your business. So that being said, you just need to think about your future. A lot of people, they just live in a moment. Let me make sure my network's not messing up. But they, so a lot of people, they just live, y'all are living in a moment right now. Y'all are kids, I understand it. But people don't forget who bullied them. And the boy that was right. saying all that, I used to call him fat all the time. He was on a football team, so he was kind of cool, but he still was fat. And I would, I would make fun of him. And like, so for him to say all that, which he dropped the weight in college, he looked good. But um, yeah, for him to say all that about me, it really kind of like, it, it messed with me. It messed with, my, it messed with my pride a little bit. I'm like, dang, I, you know, in my mind, I left all that behind, but I really traumatized someone where, to the point where they remember my face. They remember what right. I did. They remember what I said to them. They like, it, it stuck with them. And so that's what you kind of got to remember when you're being out there being a bully, 
remember you're gonna need these people if you want to really become something you're gonna need these people now if you want to be a bully and you just want to stand on the corner and sell drugs do your do your do your do because the law is going to take care of you but if you actually know that you're going to want to go to college you're going to want to be a lawyer a doctor a therapist you're going to want to start your own business be a business owner these are people that is going to invest in your business these are people who are going to be able to vouch for you when it comes to getting that good job good paying job these are your peers these are the people who's going to be you're going to run across them again unless you move states but you're going to run across them again right. even now i live in a whole different state than where i went to school and where i was born and i still run across people that like from elementary school middle school this united states small no matter how big we want to say it's big it's not that big you're going to run across them so that being said, you don't want someone right. to view you and remember what you said to them because they, they're going to remember. Right. <laughs> so that's my advice. Right. Just think about the future. <laughs> right, right. Well, finally, we've come to the, uh, to the end of this week's episode. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, family members, acquaintances, and people who are dealing with bullying and harassment. And even the people who are bullying people, they need to listen to this because this is coming from a professional who is dealing with children who um, have been bullied or are currently being bullied or who are bullying people and i mean we cannot get it wrong with a professional okay so you can follow us on instagram at less underscore just underscore talk zero zero one follow us on tiktok also at less underscore just underscore talk zero zero one also you can follow you can subscribe to our youtube channel at let's just talk with victoria we have another TikTok page at Let's Just Talk with Victoria. You can find us on Spotify and on Apple Music at Let's Just Talk. Until we catch you again next week, next time, same time at 5 p.m. on Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week and have a good day. Do not be a bully. Love everybody around you and just stay blessed. Bye. Bye, guys.